Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. I'm Derek. I'm Craig. And this is Tank. We are going to be entirely kid-focused when it comes to technology this week. We're going to be talking about Facebook's new Messenger offering for kids, a significant problem on YouTube with children's videos, and a new product called Relay, a fun, safe way to communicate. Without further ado, let's get started. So the first first thing this week, uh, Facebook is opening up a messenger app to children under age 13. Of course, if you are under age 13, you're not technically supposed to uh, join Facebook, although uh, I've known some people who definitely... Uh, Definitely broke that rule, but... Um, Rainy? Yeah, yes, Rainy already has. <laughs> I tell you what, Rainy is just this social social butterfly. She's just uh, talking, <laughs> chatting it up with, you know, people in, you know, all over the world. No. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be that, I wouldn't be that surprised, actually, if that was the case. She's pretty outgoing, it seems. <laughs> she is a very, very outgoing child, but we, she doesn't have a smartphone yet, so her, yeah. her options are limited. She's just got the flip phone. She can only call however many contacts that can store, right? Like that's, yeah, that's yeah right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Facebook is opening up a, a messenger offering for kids under 13. Um, the focus is... Uh, you know, spe- having special proactive detection safety filters to keep kids from, you know, sharing naughty things and or, or violence language, etc., just to make sure everybody on the platform stays safe. Um, even porting Giphy to build a child-friendly version of the GIF sharing engine. Um, and of course, it has, you know, the Snapchatty augmented reality masks, etc. Like, they, they, they intended to make this a lot of fun for kids to communicate, while also giving parents a lot of uh, control over who kids can communicate with. What are you guys, uh, what, do you, what are your guys' first reactions on, on something like this? Uh, I don't, I don't know that we need, um, more sort of tech communication stuff for people at that age. I think they're going to get exposed to it enough already. Um, I know schools are implementing a lot of technology in the classroom and things like that. Not, not Snapchat and social media necessarily, but I just don't know that we need like a training ground for social media. But at the same time, I can see some use in that because it is, if you're going to learn how to use it, I guess it's better to learn how to use it in a controlled environment rather than a completely uncontrolled environment. So I'm not sure yet. Um, it's pertinent for me, although not, you know, I don't have a 13 year old, but we've um, just announced today that we're having our second child next year in June. So yeah, I'll certainly something that is worth thinking about for sure. Yeah. And to be clear, my, my kid's not old enough to even really properly use a smartphone <laughs> either. So like our kids are all still pretty, are all still pretty little, but yeah, my child is large in my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> we play video games together all the time. Oh, that makes me so, oh, that's so sad. That's like a sad, happy, you know, feeling. It's melancholy. Um, <laughs> I, um, my, my first thought was I respect the links that Facebook went went to, at least from the article's perspective. Like, they combed through Giphy to find uh, all of the safe ones, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. man, there's got to be a lot of those. On. <laughs> yeah. And so, I wonder if they just put in a few search terms and said 10 from each or if they went through like, like, I wonder how many they went through, I guess is what I'm getting at. It's like, that's, that's a lot of effort, so. 
yeah, I, I respect the work. Yeah, I, I do wonder what the um, exploits will be, quote unquote, for for this. Because uh, I know generally when you try to implement filtering systems, like there's there always tends to be a way to get around it. Um, because I've been there, I've been that kid. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do think this is admirable. It was interesting, though. Like, kind of my Christian Twitter was a bit all up at arms about this for whatever reason. I'm not sure what that. Maybe it was just uh, you know providing kids with more technology, or the fact that Facebook is you know seen as kind of an insidious entity nowadays. Um, did you guys see anything like that? No, or not okay. All right, maybe that's this just is me. literally the first I've heard of it. Okay. <laughs> um, so of course this isn't going to be monetized in any way. It looks like it's just kind of basically a hook for kids to get into Facebook, probably. Which mm. Facebook mm. has been suffering from for a while. Um, because so it's kind of monetized in an indirect way, then. Yeah, it's a future investment or investment for the future. <laughs> yeah, it's probably also partially. I mean, you know, I don't want to say they've they're doing something underhanded or whatever but i guess it's probably also a pr exercise for facebook to kind oh, of yeah. you know just show show that we care about families and looking after your kids and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. um let us look after your kids on our new app so that when they get older they can consume all of their time on our other app for adults yeah and and i i do <laughs> wonder if if some of the outrage that i saw about this like kind of the indirect outrage about this was people not reading the article and thinking oh this is just kind of a nanny thing like mm. facebook will take care of your kids for you um while they're while they're chatting and you don't have to oversee them but i do think facebook has gone very far towards enabling parents uh and i don't know it seems like a good product um and and frankly, a good tool for training your kids how to deal with with social media. Because I remember back when we when we talked about some of the difficulties with social media, like way back in the Simon Sinek episode uh, early this year, where you know kids would or no no it wasn't even that I might have been before that I don't know there's there's one TED talk that that went into like how kids get anxious about if they don't get messages back or right on time, then they get feel like, Oh, they yeah, don't like me anymore. Episode. Do you remember? Um, that was, that was good. I'll have to look that up, link that in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think these tools are good to, to uh, consider, uh, when growing up, when teaching kids in a very digital world now. So yeah, just thought I'd bring that up. I was reading that, you know, the, says there's no way for parents to secretly spy on their kids and that what they're saying in their chats said parents have to ask to look at their kids screen mm, mm-hmm. and so on but then i also feel like i read above i couldn't find it though that uh that like facebook would be monitoring everything to make sure that no bad stuff got through mm-hmm. somewhere so it's like you can't read what your kids are saying but we can <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm not positive that's true. So. No, you might be right. And actually, I kind of respect Facebook for that to some extent. If that is if that is the reality of the situation, because then you know parents have to be involved. But also, mm. kids have room to play and communicate with with other people um, without feeling like they're under the thumb of of mom mm. and dad, which often you know creates a feeling of uh, being untrusted you know, but mm. it encourages that good relationship with your kids. Anyway, I'm kind of a fan. 
we'll see what happens when Rainy actually gets a gets a tablet or a smartphone. But you know, until then, I think it's cool. Until next week. Yeah, until next week. <laughs> All right, so kind of the big topic of this of this show uh, is going to be a an article posted to Medium.com by a guy named James Bridal. I have no idea who he is or what his affiliation is. He's a writer, an artist, whatever. But anyway, this got widely circulated around the internet of a month and a half ago, something like that. Um, but he was taking issue with content on YouTube for kids. And if you are someone who has not heard about this or seen like the the breadth and kind of strangeness of kids videos on YouTube, I would encourage you to read the article in its entirety. It's a long one and there is some disturbing content, uh not like visually necessarily, but you know, he describes like the 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 different content that you can find. Um, and I think it, it's, this just seems like a good PSA. So we're going to go through this really quick, just to try to convey <laughs> what the weirdness is. Um, so I'll just read his introduction here. As someone who grew up on the internet, I credit it as one of the most important influences on who I am today. I had a computer with internet access in my bedroom from age of 13. It gave me access to a lot of things, which were totally inappropriate for a young teenager, but it was okay. As a side <laughs> note, I disagree with that, but that's okay. <laughs> Moving on from that, that's not the point. <laughs> the culture, politics, and interpersonal relationships which I consider to be central to my identity were shaped by the internet in ways that I have always considered to be beneficial to me personally. I have always been a critical component I've I have always been a critical proponent of the internet and everything that it has brought and broadly considered it to be emancipatory and beneficial. I state this at the outset because thinking through the implications of the problem I'm going to describe troubles my own assumptions and prejudices in significant ways. So, I feel like that's a good introduction because this is a very difficult thing to tackle because it goes against the the freedom that you find on the internet. Kind of like a Twitter problem. But let's let's actually talk about this. So m- most of the most of these videos on YouTube tend to be derivative. You're going to see a lot of Elsa from Frozen. You're going to see a lot of Spider-Man, um, general superheroes, Peppa Pig, like generally well-known faces, figures, etc. Just kind of taken and either used for costumes for for strange videos, or just you know ripped off entirely, made it you know a separate cartoon or whatever. But it all looks very much the same. So there, it's attractive to kids. Many colors, you know, much a lot of action. And once someone, once there's a, a thing that is found that that works really well or gets a lot of views. Uh, all of these video makers tend to jump on it and make like every possible derivation you possibly can under the sun. An example of this would be the surprise egg craze. So there, these surprise eggs are like these, these chocolate eggs with toys inside. And these videos are just like 10 minutes of unwrapping each egg, opening the egg, taking out the, the toy and showing it and like putting the sticker on or whatever over and over again. And there's just tons of these. Hmm. Not really, not really an issue. I mean, I would be, I'm not sure. I can see like the, the kind of the hypnotic nature of it, but there's really no content here that's strange. Um, There's also a ton of nursery rhyme stuff, um, which again, 
not really strange in and of itself. But again, you get like every possible variation under the sun. You'll get uh, you'll get you'll start seeing familiar faces there, or you'll just get a lot a lot of videos that are mostly the same, but are slightly different so that, you know, it's another video, another click, um, you know, just another hit of the catnip, so to speak. <laughs> and then you start getting into like pirated Peppa Pig and other cartoons, um, videos of toy unboxings, um, and that sort of stuff where this gets weird is that you start getting, um, uh, getting these characters in many, many different scenarios, that you like almost almost to a point where it's like random number generator so for instance there was like a uh a, a, this is a separate example but do you guys remember when there was like a, a thing that popped up on amazon where there were just like tons of cell phone cases with every possible picture under the sun so like you could search for anything <laughs> that was on instagram the, as well i reckon <laughs> yeah yeah you could find you you could find anything like if you searched for it into Amazon. So for instance, mm. adult diaper worn by an old man with a crutch, cell phone cover case, iPhone six, <laughs> like, and it's got a picture. <laughs> it's like the actual <laughs> listing on Amazon has got a picture of an, of an old man with a crutch in an adult diaper. <laughs> Very strange. But this is kind of where we're getting in, getting into <laughs> all this stuff. And, and then it does start getting into genuinely disturbing content, um, such as, uh, some gross out situations or, or activities or situations that can border on like abusive or exploitate or exploitative. Um, and it starts going downhill very quickly. Um, and I don't mean to say these things to, to scare people. Um, and I don't really have a solution to this. Um, but it's, it's useful to know it's useful to realize, you know, that these things exist. I remember uh, when when Rainy got on my iPad and was just watching YouTube videos for a while, just kind of, I, I was watching her do it. I was like letting her click through YouTube videos. But these videos started popping up very quickly, like the, oh, let's, let's do another matching game or learn colors. Let's learn colors again with slightly different characters. Um, uh, it's very easy to find this stuff and go down this rabbit hole. You know, I don't have a child, so I don't have to think too deeply right now for, you know, my own sake. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, just trying to think of, and, and I haven't really decided for myself how much I'll let my kid watch YouTube, but I'm not against it, so mm -hmm. it probably will happen. Um, but yeah, like, how could I protect my child from the crazy stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and even, like from the article I read, which may be the same article. Uh, <laughs> but from what I was reading, um, is even the YouTube kids videos, you know, they're, they're not able to catch all the billions of videos, however many are put up every day. Mm -hmm. And so even the YouTube kids catches this kind of crazy stuff. And so you can't just say, okay, YouTube kids and you're good. And, you know, you can't just put them on a playlist and say, okay, they're going to watch these five videos because, Kids are smart and they figure out technology pretty quickly. So they just minimize and type in what the article said was my child figured out how to type in cars really quick. And, um, he typed cars into the search box and then you get these really crazy like explosions. And I think maybe characters dying and stuff mm -hmm. just from 
searching cars, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's really, uh, just from, yeah, like you said, you don't know of a solution. Um, my first reaction was, yeah, I don't know how to protect my child from really getting into that unless I'm making sure that I'm watching what he's watching. Mm -hmm. He or she is watching, Mm -hmm. uh, focusing on, uh, at least every couple of minutes glancing over and making sure the child is watching what I'm expecting to watch. So, Mm -hmm. um, those are my initial reactions just, yeah, like it seems to be an unsolvable, not an easily solvable problem unless like Facebook went through every Giphy trying to find the ones (laughs) that are good for children. YouTube would almost have to do that. You know, every video that they want to say is child friendly, they'll have Mm -hmm. to look at themselves. Um, and yeah, that would probably get people up and roar, uh, up in arms. Like, you won't let us post videos. <laughs> it's child friendly. And yeah, you're you're stopping the content creators. Yeah, exactly. But, so that's yeah, tough. That's that's my first reaction. Um, I need to do a lot. I guess I need to do more research uh, into the the types of videos he's sort of talking about because a lot of the article he just seems to be so far. I haven't even got to the end yet. I'm giving examples of a whole bunch of things, and he says, not that that's particularly bad. Um, and then there's one part where he talks about, like, some T-shirts and stuff that were definitely bad um, that were made with automation and automation gone wrong, I guess. Um, I guess for me, as someone who does have kids or a kid and um, in the future a second kid, um, I guess the thing that I'll be sort of sticking to is that supervision is key particularly at a young age um so i occasionally give Mm -hmm. my phone to my son at the moment but um that's basically all he wants to do with it is play music and hold it to uh, hold it up to his ear while it's playing music and dance around to it so he's not actually browsing Hmm. anything sometimes he turns Hmm. on siri because he likes pressing the home button a lot um so I guess you know who knows Siri's mm-hmm. terrible. She could get him in all sorts of um, mess. But <laughs> Siri isn't ca- uh, isn't capable enough to be able to get her into yeah, get him well, in that, anything. That's, that's probably true. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think you know as a Christian parent, I do feel the I guess the seriousness of of being charged with bringing my children up in in the you know worship and admonition of the Lord sort of thing and um, training them in the way they should go. And I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as adults, we have this sort of gut reaction to things like like we want the internet to remain a free place where people can sort of explore and, you know, discover information and learn new things and whatever. But for children, it's just not safe to let them loose on that space without appropriate supervision. So, um, if you are, if they're, if they're up to the stage where they can watch YouTube, then don't let them just run away with the device into their bedroom and watch YouTube for however long they want. Um, have it, have it the same thing as with like, I think when we talked about kids and, se- mm. kids and technology, I talked about the fact that, you know, for me personally, I got a laptop. So like a personal device that I could use anywhere when I was in university, like when I was starting university, I think first year. Um, so I was 18 or 19 or whatever, uh, that, by then, I'd had a computer in the family room of my parents' home in my growing up years, um, and so they'd been able to kind of not look over my shoulder all the time, but they knew what I was doing on there, essentially. Um, and so, I'd, you know, and I'd kind of been able to navigate, okay, there's certain things I should look at in the internet, on the internet and certain things I shouldn't and all that kind of stuff by the time I got my own device. It doesn't mean that I've always, you know, that there's always 
perfect decision making from that point on, people still make mistakes. Um, and so that that can still be a dangerous thing to have a device that is completely untracked or unmonitored by um, parents. Um, I'm not saying all 18 year olds are perfectly responsible, mm-hmm. but I am saying that there is a period of time where, um, you know, particularly while kids are young, that I think they need a certain level of guidance, like active guidance, not just oh, you know, I've put I've put it this the um strict filtering on and. That'll be enough, you know. They can they can watch it, and I'm sure they won't come across anything harmful. No, like it is mm-hmm. actually your job as the parent to teach them how to use this thing in a mm-hmm. way that's going to honor God and protect themselves from um, not only temptation but ex- exploitation and whatever you know um, <clears throat> dodgy motives other people have on the internet that might be uh, might affect them if if they're not aware or not careful. Uh, and it doesn't. I don't think that means like scaring your kids into like the internet's a scary place. You know, but it, it is about it is about training. Like you know, there are certain yeah. things that are mm-hmm. good and fun and and um, helpful and whatever. And then there's other things that are just junk. Like they're just not good for us, and they're not honouring to God, um, and they're not honouring to to us as your parents, mm-hmm. who, who have certain um, you know sort of standards for our home that we that we want to uphold um, because of what we believe to be right and that kind of thing. So I think mm. that's a hard, I mean, how do you do that? What does that look like in practice? I don't know yet. And thankfully my kids aren't at that level yet, but so I've got a little bit mm. of time to figure it out, but that's kind of where I, on the, on the issue as a whole, that's kind of where I think I am landing. Yeah. And that sounds pretty good. Like, uh, again, most of, most of parenthood, I, what I've discovered thus far anyway, it's mostly just, you're their God given guide to the world. And, uh, you know, you just have to help them through. If they've if they've seen some of the nastier uh, uh, parts, some of these nastier videos, you know, I just need to talk and help them through their emotions and help them through uh, processing what they've seen in a biblical worldview. And sometimes that's all you can do. I mentioned uh, unless YouTube begins curating every single video, then we can't trust YouTube. And so one... Um, Maybe not simple solution, but it's not a uh, it's it's not terribly difficult. Mm-hmm. Would it be to not use YouTube, but use the many other content providers for children. Oh yeah, you know, YouTube's free, free and simple, and you can just search. Um, what's that? Do you want to build a snowman? And you have that song right away. <laughs> Your yeah. child is hypnotized. Um, <laughs> seen it in action, uh-huh. but uh, and so sure, YouTube is easier, um, but you you have these problems. Um, and so maybe like, I know Netflix has a kid section. So instead of bringing up YouTube, you bring up Netflix Mm -hmm. and and I'm sure there's other things where you can watch child music videos. Like, do you want to build a snowman? And so, I mean, with things like Netflix or Hulu, most people are already paying for it, that for it. So it's not really an increase in cost. Um, and then so maybe one more subscription service, but it's likely worth the cost, you know, Mm -hmm. um, if we can, if we compare it to what the cost the child might pay if they see um, some really twisted video, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's something to perhaps consider. Is <clears throat> maybe the best route is just to say I'm not going to introduce my child to YouTube until certain age mm-hmm. <clears throat> where they know, yeah, we probably don't want to watch this video because it looks really weird. <laughs> so, that's, yeah, this is one thought I had. Mm-hmm. So that may be a potential solution. Per person, we can't, of course, can't mm-hmm. force the whole world to do that, but yeah. Our sponsor this week is Valley Vintage Shop, where you can get soaps, balms, and oils made the vintage way. 
Whatever you need in the realm of skin or hair care, Valley Vintage has you covered with all-natural, handmade products. There are products for beard care for the fellows, hair serums and balms for the ladies, room and body sprays, lip balm, and way more. And if you're into that bath bomb thing, Valley Vintage has those too. They make excellent Christmas gifts or stocking stuffers for a loved one in your life. And all of their merchandise is packaged in recyclable material, so you're taking care of your environment as you take care of yourself. To get some stuff to try for yourself, go to valleyvintageshop.com and use our code TECH for 10% off your order. Thanks to Valley Vintage for sponsoring this week of Tech Reformation. We're going to be talking about a new product. I just got an email from... uh, from uh, parental units about this is like, oh, this looks interesting. This is uh, called Relay. It's a product made by Republic Wireless. It's still not available for purchase yet. You can kind of pre-order it, but uh, you can at least visit the website. Yeah, so what this is, this is a basically an LTE walkie-talkie. Uh, or it's, it's basically an LTE smartphone without a screen, essentially. Uh, it acts like a walkie-talkie. You can talk to Google Assistant. Um, you can play music via Google Assistant, that that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so this is yet another kid product um, marketed for kids, uh, for parents who want to keep their kids safe. Um, uh, were you guys able to look through the product page and, and take a look at it? All right. So I've had a look through the product page, and um, this to me is... Pro- is I don't know. I've, it from my very very initial impressions, I think it looks pretty cool. I like the idea that there's no screen, so it's technology mm-hmm. and it's communication with. It says with family and friends, so I'm assuming there's some way of locking down who it can connect to. Um, but it's just yeah. It's, mm. There's no. There's nothing to sort of watch. So I guess you could be. They've got a picture on the um, the homepage of a girl like coloring in or something. Um, and she's just got it sitting next to her paper, so presumably she can talk to her friend and then go back to coloring in and not sort of be captivated by the device. And she can also, um, it's quite small, she can carry it with her. Um, and so this would be, this to mm-hmm. me is more like the Stranger Things kids out exploring the world on their bikes with their walkie-talkies um, rather than kids sitting in the corner on a beanbag with, in front of an iPad all day. Um, and I know which way... I grew up and I know which way I'd rather that my kids grow up and it wasn't sitting in a corner with an iPad. <laughs> um, so this to me is quite cool. I guess the downside is how does it work and what is, or, you know, the potential downside is um, how secure is the connection and, you know, can it be um, hacked or, or sort of um, misappropriated and, and um, used and abused by outside people. But it does say safe and secure your info and location won't be sold or shared with anyone. I guess it just depends how secure that connection is. But initially, pretty cool. That's really interesting. I kind of expected that that's what you were going to say. And that's pretty much exactly what I don't like about this. Oh, okay. So, so the fact that so I and and some of it is just the way that the product is pitched. It's it's very much pitched for the parents who are afraid to have to let their kids have a screen. I'm not afraid of that. Um, don't categorize me in okay. that. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And I don't I don't want to categor- <laughs> you know, categorize you incorrectly. Um I'm you're going to raise your kid fine. You're going to be great. Um I have no no quarrels with that. Um but but things like uh screen free because like things like it says uh screen free because the best experiences take place in the real world. No, yeah, the rhetoric is all just marketing guff. You can it, it is. ignore that. 
But I've heard so many parents talk about it like that. And and again, this is this is going to get into my opinions about screen time, quote unquote, in general, because uh, screen time is is often used as just a a blanket all term to uh, to talk about a certain kind of interaction that parents are uncomfortable with because the because you know it's like you have the picture in your head of kids like just sitting there drooling out their mouth with the brains falling out the other ear and. Um, and again, and and my thing about that is we want to be aware of what our kids are actually interested in with the screen, you know, with these smartphones. And I could make the case that, that having something like this disadvantages our kids to be able to deal with a world with smartphones. So when they're kids... They they learn the best at that time. If that's the time that they're learning the best about um, about tablets, you know, screens in general, how to deal with you know, um, with uh, with making sure your life isn't brought down by your technology, it's the best time to teach them about that sort of thing. Although it's hard at that age. Um, I don't know. That's kind of uh, that was kind of my soapbox that I wanted to get up on about this one. Can I get them on now? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm, I just want to say the actual technology looks cool. It looks like it's well implemented. <laughs> if it's secure, yeah, sure, it's great. It's kind of a cool walkie-talkie. But you could also just get your kid a <laughs> smartphone, and it would do all of these things. <laughs> and they can have fantastic experiences with a screen. Like you can't do augmented reality stuff with with messaging like on Facebook Messenger on something like this. You just yeah. can't get that kind of experience. And that can be a great experience for kids. Okay. I want anyway, to put in a big, um, I guess, like a- exit clause from what you just said. Uh, I agree with what you just said. I think um, something like this shouldn't stop you from uh, teaching your kids how to use screens. I'm not saying that I would not let my kid have access to an iPad ever at all and they would only be allowed to use this device instead. I think uh, it's still important to... Train your kids in how to use screens, how to interact with screens in a way that's non, um, not all-encompassing so they don't just kind of get lost in some other world of the screen. Uh, so I think it's still important to do that. But I guess what I'm saying is like um, f- as a toy, like as something they can take and use and during the day at any time and kind of, you know, say they're on, say they're on school holidays or something, um, something that they can sort of have on them. That's, that's a bit of fun and it's more like a toy. It's kind of a little, it's not a big chunky walkie talkie. So it's just something that they can easily grab and take with them if they're going to a friend's house or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I just think there's value in that, that, that it doesn't have a screen, that it is something that is just about, mm-hmm the personal communication side, like the, the talking without, um, you know, sending pictures and searching things on the internet and watching things on YouTube. I think the, that stuff's all good to teach them about and you should be teaching that at the same time. But I think in terms of like a digital toy mm-hmm, that enables mm-hmm. communication, I like the idea of that toy not necessarily having to have a screen for it to be fun. You know, like communicate with your friends and have fun doing that and go mm-hmm. and hide from each other and, you know, play Cops and robbers and whatever, you know, whatever you want to do. Big Ghostbusters and stuff like that. Um, and communicate on these devices without having to be like, you know, just looking at a screen and getting absorbed. Because I think when you're, when you're, there's just seems to be something that happens in your brain when you're visually focused on something. It takes more of your awareness away from other things. Whereas when you're 
only listening to something or speaking, you can also, you know, move around and look at other things and not bump into things. And I think it's just more flexible. So, I th- I'd be sort of advocating mm-hmm. for this as more of like a toy that helps you communicate and still have some mm-hmm. kind of screen time so that kids can grow up not completely devoid of knowledge and how to navigate that world with any kind of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. So, again, all all about the balance. We want to make sure our kids are equipped for for the world, but it's also a great... Uh, a great technology for you know the stranger things of the future it is really funny because this stuff when i saw this this is like oh someone watched the first stranger things and was like we should make a thing for that and then we just talked about this recently yeah exactly you can do that in our slack channel at slack.techreformation.com. If you're not already a part, you can go there, uh, put in your email, and it will send you an email. Derek, it's a Slack workspace. Oh, workspace. Because channels are within the workspace. That's right. You're right. It's freaking <laughs> terminology crap. And you can connect with us on Twitter at Tech Reformation. Also, review us on Apple um, and recommend us on Overcast if you like the show. Uh, we'd love to hear back from you. This has been Tech Reformation. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. And I ain't looking back. No, no, I ain't looking back. No, no, I ain't looking back. No, 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 I ain't looking back. I made my choice, and I ain't looking back. And Rainy joins the podcast. Oh, we were just talking about you. That's right. <laughs> Hold on, Ray. I need to talk into that. I need to talk into that. Silly girl. <laughs> you want to say something? Go ahead and say something. You want to say hello? hello? She's waving at me. <laughs> Good waving. Gonna help us finish out the mm-hmm. show? Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> but but Danny needs to be able to talk into the mic, that's the only thing. <laughs> <laughs>